Hey everyone, it's Cheryl and Tony. Buckle up for this special Tuesday Disney Wish edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Excellent. Uh, people may notice that we've replaced our beep beep with the ship's horn today. Ah, yeah, so, that was smart. Fancy. I yeah. know. Uh, and that's because we're here to talk about the Disney Wish. Yes, we just got back this past weekend, and uh, we had a great time, and we want to talk about all the things that the Wish has to offer. That's right. We're going to start off. It's going to be three episodes, and uh, our first episode is going to cover food, uh, which is going to cover restaurant dining, quick service dining, room service, a little bit of everything. Uh, because most people know that cruising is all about the food. As my waistline can attest to the fact that it was all about the food. Well, you know, you didn't do too poorly. How many pounds? What did you put on? Like five pounds. Five pounds. I think I put on two, just under two and a half. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so, but uh, one of us managed to walk about 18,000 steps a day. Yeah, I, I didn't. And one of us didn't. So um, let's start out talking about foods. Uh, if you're familiar with the Disney Cruise Line, you know about rotational dining. So we're not going to go into that here. Um, but we will follow our dining uh, trajectory path that mm. we took. Right. Uh, we started out our first evening was in uh, Marvel, the World of Marvel Avengers Quantum Encounter. Yep. Uh, and that was a dining experience um, in a Marvel-themed restaurant. And you get uh, an experience hosted by the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. So uh, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly are there. And uh, it's a quantum encounter. We have quantum regulators on our table. Right. I bought a quantum sipper. That was pretty cool. If you're gonna if you're gonna spring for one of the sippers at one of the the uh, restaurants, that's the one to get. Yes. It lights up, has buttons. It's very cool. Yes. Um, and the food there is based on the Marvel universe. So you have some Wakandan inspired food, some Eastern European food from Sokovia, and food that is based in the Avengers uh, home state of New York. So the menu, like the heroes, uh, varies greatly. Uh, and rather than just go through the menu, why don't you tell people what our group had and what we found were hits and what were misses? Yeah. Um, so you can look up the menu yourselves. Uh, it's all over the internet. Um, but like Tony said, he got the um, Quantum Sipper. It had like a vanilla ice cream, mango, pan pineapple thing going on. It was a little weird. It was weird. Uh if they would just put a Diet Coke in there, you probably would have been better off. But, but there were Pop Rocks, so it made it all good. Yeah. Well, you drank about half of it. It was just really hard to clean out after mm -hmm. because it was this sort of like thick clinging um, liquid. Mm -hmm. And then there's no there's no sponges or anything in your right. room. I did have – I brought like one of the tiny little brushes to clean out the insides of straws because I bring my own reusable straws. So I was able to clean it out pretty well. But if you're going to order that, you might want to bring one. Um, a bunch of us at the table ordered the steamed bao buns. Uh, we love bao buns. Uh, these were not great. Actually, we were all really disappointed. I think it was the it had a big piece of pork belly in it, and it was just very fatty, so not great. Um, I think my mom ended up getting the fried shrimp. She seemed to think that was good. Uh, for dinner, a lot of us got the chicken schnitzel. Is that what you had? Yes. What did you think? It was very good. Yeah. Um, and I had the seared turbo filet. That's fish. And that was very good, too. So I was happy with that. Um, what did we get for dessert? I, of course, had the Mickey bar. You had the Mickey bar. A few of us had the key lime pie. That was um, that was probably the standout dessert. Um, and I think I had the cheesecake that was not great. Okay. Um, 
But, you know, overall, it was uh, it was a fun restaurant. Spacing is a little weird, not just in that restaurant, but in all the restaurants. Things are just kind of tight. They are, but this is the restaurant that was the most spacious, okay. I felt. All right. Um, it did come with a show, which was on the high-definition screen, so there were no actual people in the show. Uh, but it was an Avengers, uh, Avengers encounter. Um, and, uh, you know, it was enjoyable. I, I don't know that the fourth time I go, right, I right. will enjoy it, it as was much. Fun the, it was fun for the first time. But it was fun for the first time. It depends where you're sitting, though, whether you can actually see what's going on. So we were right at the threshold between two rooms. So the way I was facing, I was facing toward the other room. I was facing toward the threshold. So what I could see was a different um, section of the film that mm-hmm. was showing. So I could hear our stuff, right. but I had to turn my neck all the way around to actually see the video that went with that. Gotcha. If I just looked straight ahead at the um, at the screens that I could easily see, it was playing the wrong footage. Yeah, the, the, well, the main section of the video, the main show occurred all at the same time. When that was not happening, there were segments that were highlighting each Avenger and they were playing different Avengers on different screens. Right. So that's that's what you were encountering. But yeah. when the show came back and it was Paul yes. Rudd again, then that show played on every screen. Yes. So it's very similar to Turtle Talk with with Crush. Yes, agreed. Uh, where where you know you don't get that interactivity, but everybody's got that same type of show going on. And then toward the end of the meal, um, Ant Man and the Wasp come out they and did. sort of uh, run they, through the restaurant real quick. They walk the dining room. Yeah. Uh, they're in full costume, so their their faces they not, are not visible. They will not stop for a picture. They will not stop for a selfie. They're right. just you know walking by, making quick little comments, and off they go. Yeah, uh, and then they bring out uh, a super sized Mickey bar, which I was hoping uh, <laughs> was real. I could get my hands on because you know, <laughs> that would have been fun for that. a picture too. Um, so, so what did you think? Uh, the, there were a lot of Avengers elements. Uh, from the silverware to the plating. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Did Did you enjoy the overall theming of the restaurant? I did. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. I would, and even to sit through that show again, I would do that a second time. Yeah, a second time, but like I said, the fourth time of it gets course. to be a little much. But I mean, that's anything. And and I think I was a little super excited to see this, so there were some elements that I missed. Um, and you know, because not everybody's quiet when when the show occurs. Right. Right. Yeah. It can um, be it can be loud, especially when you have a bunch of kids. We were in the second seating, so there were less children. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found actually on this cruise in general that it wasn't the children that were noisy and obnoxious it was the adults so (laughs) so it didn't really matter that we were in second seating all right so that was night one so let's head on over to our next restaurant which was arendelle a frozen dining adventure however it was our second night of the cruise and that was pirate night right so while it did take place in arendelle which is on deck five aft right above the marvel restaurant um, we did not get the regular frozen dinner show slash menu. Not that night. We did get right. it the next night. Right. But yeah. uh, night two was pirate night. So that is the night, as you know, that all the restaurants have the pirate menu, which has not changed in forever. Yeah, we were hoping um, – we heard that the show changed for pirate night, which it did. And uh, when we do our entertainment section, we'll talk about that. But uh, overall, it was very good. Um but the menu was the same for Pirate mm. Night. And, uh, you know, I always manage to find something to eat. I just don't love it. Uh, but it was fine. Um, and I found it interesting that they really played down Pirate Night in the in the dining rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, they no longer give you, at least on the Wish, they don't give you the, um, bandanas. the bandanas. So, and very few people were dressed up for Pirate Night at all. Like, right. I, I don't even 
usually you see women and men like fully dressed up. I I didn't see very much of that. And then the the wait staff had just little touches on their um, uniforms. Yes. That, you know, were supposed to hint at being pirates, but nothing um, over the top like you would normally see on the other ships for Pirate Night. So that was that was really interesting. Okay. So let's talk about Night 3, which actually was our frozen dining adventure. Uh, that does come with a, a show. It's a 75-minute dining experience. Uh, the restaurant itself, uh, the atmosphere is nice. As I mentioned, it, it's Deck 5 aft, and you either come out of the elevator bank or exit Mickey's mainsail, uh, which is one of their shopping locations, uh, right into a gigantic hallway. Yes, uh, it's cool, which, though. Which is long. Yeah. Um, it contains a lot of portraits and uh, uh, props right. from Frozen 1 and Frozen 2. Uh, I think my favorite part of the hallway is the hallway is so long it has a men's room and a ladies' room in it. Yeah. And the little men and lady icons for the men's room were uh, in Frozen style, mm-hmm. Frozen character style. So, uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, and then when you finally do get to the restaurant, um, it's got a gigantic stage in the middle because it is a dinner show. Right. And Cheryl mentioned this uh, about the Marvel restaurant, but the spacing in Arendelle is tight. I was closer. I was seated closer to the girl next to me, not at the same table. There was a space between the tables, um, but I was seated closer to her than I was to Tony, who was across the table from me. Yeah, there there is no such thing. Um, in Arendelle or in 1923, which is our next restaurant, uh, there's no such thing as a private conversation. No. Uh, unless you are you know, speaking directly into someone's ear, uh, that's how close the tables are. Now, the tough thing about that is it makes it difficult for the wait staff as right. well. Um, you know, they don't have a lot of room. They're carrying a lot of trays. Once somebody gets out of their seat to do something – it throws everything and off. People just end up stopping in the middle of the dining room just trying to figure out, you know, who's going first. And and these uh, these waiters do not have time for that. No. So it's very difficult for them to move around. Um, I think they're still trying to get the lay of the land in a lot of the um, in a lot of the restaurants because, you know, they don't have their pathways sort of set as to exactly how they're going to go and, you know, you know, all their little tricks. Um, but our um, server seemed a little... Uh, put off by how mm-hmm. difficult it was to sort of get around and serve his people. And I think he was feeling like it was difficult for him to do his best job right. with and, the way things were set up. And he's a very experienced server. Yes. We've had him before. Uh, we've experienced uh, dining with him on the magic. Uh, and he was wonderful. But like Cheryl said, you know, it's a little bit frustrating uh, because nobody knows the lay of the land. Right. You know, normally when you buy a bottle of wine like you do, they bring it out. They set it up next to your table. They stop by. They refill your glass. Well, you can't put that. There's no space that right next to the table anymore. Nope. So now it's held in a different location, which makes it longer between the time they see that your glass is empty and the time it takes to pour it. Right. So it, it is a little difficult. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, the show was excellent. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It is. It is probably the best dinner show we yes. have seen on a Disney ship. Absolutely. Um, and we've really only seen the Tangled show that that has live singing. We have yet to see the Tiana show on the Wonder, uh, but uh, the Frozen show phenomenal. Yeah, and the thing about the Frozen show was it j- wasn't just the characters coming out and singing and singing songs from um, from the movie. There were performers who were. They were all songs from the movie, I mm-hmm. guess, right? But you know, they had 
what did he play? Like the fiddle? live musicians. We had a violinist slash fiddleist right. and a guitar player. Yeah, and, and a singer and a singer who wasn't a character. She was just a good singer. Right. Um, and then the characters came out, and did they even sing? They did. Not much, though. They it did. wasn't really about their singing. They did performing, mm-hmm. so they did their little, like, skit kind of things. Um, but it was more about these musicians, and they were very good. Um, and it's the kind of thing, take away the little skits, and I could watch that a 100 times. Right. Because the music was really good. They were just good performers. It was quality music. Mm-hmm. And and once again, you know, downtime during the show, the characters are, are working the dining room. But they're not necessarily stopping at individual tables to take pictures or give autographs. Right. They'll stop by a table, say hello, thank you for coming. Uh, the concept of the show is that it's an engagement party um, and we're part of the celebration. We're celebrants. Uh, so they stop by and just thank you for coming, uh, maybe tell a joke. But they're not coming. They're not interacting in a one-on-one situation with you or your children. Right. If you have a kid who's like super into one of them, you may be able to get like a quick selfie. But um, they're not going to spend time with your child. Right. Um, Why don't don't you tell uh, folks what we had uh, as far as food goes? Um, It's kind of a Scandinavian, Norwegian based menu. I liked the food there. So um, the star of the show, not for me, not for Tony, but for my dad, um, this was his favorite thing that he ate the entire cruise, was the um, baked scallops. It was it had a big puff pastry over the top, and he just thought that was fabulous. I'm not a fan of scallops, so I, that's why I didn't order it, but he loves them, and he just thought that was fantastic. Um, we had some of the – they had a white and green asparagus plate. Um, I had that. That was Fine. A um, couple people at our table had the Jarlsberg cheese and rosemary ham tart. Again, that was good. No, no complaints. Um, they had a couple of salads. Tony, you had the carrot soup. I did have the carrot soup. It was Which very good. You liked that. Um, all right. And then for dinners, I ended up with the ribeye, which was very good. Um, I asked for it medium well, and I got it more like well. So it was. It could have been better if it wasn't cooked as much, but it was still good. Uh, you had the chicken? I had the juniper spice roasted chicken breast, along with the braised meatballs, which were served with egg noodles and a lingonberry chutney. Okay, so like a Swedish meatball. Yeah, kind of like Ikea. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was very good. Both okay. both dishes were, were excellent. Very nice. Um, and then for dessert, I wanted to try something just a little bit different. They have the Norwegian pancake roulade. It's a pancake, lingonberry jam, uh, and white chocolate cheesecake. So I said to uh, Noel, our server, I said, I'll have the pancakes. And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean? He said, no, no, you don't want the pancakes. Apparently, they're not good, and they get sent back all the time. So uh, he wouldn't let me have them. <laughs> I'm sure he would have if I insisted, but um, – I ended up with a uh, butter cake, which was which very good. Uh, a lot of people at our table got the It's Elsa's Coronation Sundae, which is a mint chocolate chip um, ice cream sundae. And you probably got it. And of course, bar. I opted for the Mickey bar. Right. Because um, that is standard fare for me. But the food there was really good. Uh, I could do that menu again. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It, it's kind of like going to uh, uh, very much like Akershus in Norway. In, yeah. In uh, Epcot. I liked this food better than Marvel. Mm-hmm. For me, the food got better every night. Okay. So the order of, except, you know, takeout pirate night, but the order of my enjoyment increased as uh, as we went along. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And now let's talk about our Paolo Steakhouse brunch. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot about that one. 
So day four was our sea day, and we opted to do a Palo brunch. We're big fans of the Palo brunch on the other ships. Love it. Of course, it's changed a little bit since COVID came around. It's no longer a buffet, uh, but the brunch elements are still there. Interestingly, on the Wish, there is no space for a buffet. Mm -hmm. So if buffets were to come back as a part of the Palo brunches um, at the Palo Steakhouse, which is uh, what it is on the Wish, so it has a slightly different name, um, there is no space to do that. So they won't ever be having a buffet as a part of their brunch, unfortunately. Okay. So Paolo Steakhouse, as Cheryl mentioned, it is themed slightly different than Paolo. Uh, just different regional food from Italy. I think it's more around the Florence region uh, with this ship. And uh, if you've done the Paolo brunch before, many of the same items. The, the first thing I have to talk about here, though, is the atmosphere. Yes. Um, it's very tough to find. It is. It is up on deck 12 aft. Um, we'll get into this when we talk about the ship's layout in a future episode, um, but things are, are not in the same place. You can't just go off the, the magic or the wonder. No, not at all. Uh, or the dream and just think you're going to figure your way out around the wish. Correct. Uh, things do get very confusing, um, and you do have to find your, your way around this new ship. Um, I tend to know the deck layouts pretty well by the time I get to one of the ships, but I constantly referred to the hallway uh, you know, deck layout descriptions that are posted on, on the walls just yeah, because did, I didn't know where I was going. That, that's how I feel all the time <laughs> on every ship, no matter if I've been on it once or seven times. Yeah, but, <laughs> but once we did get up to Paolo, uh, there is a uh, lounge in front of the restaurant. Is that the Enchanted Rose? It's the Enchanted Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the lounge that services both Paolo Steakhouse and Enchante, which is another of the specialty adult dining venues. We did not dine in Enchante this uh, time around, so we can't really give you a review of it. Or probably ever. It's just a little too uh, highbrow Ho- for us. For yeah, us. Uh, we're, we like slightly simpler food. Although I might do the Enchante uh, dessert experience. Me too. Yes. I'm all about that. Yeah, so so let's talk about Paolo. Um, I think the big thing about this restaurant uh, is the fact that the location, uh, you don't have a walkway around you. Right. You know, all of the other four ships, they're Paolo. Uh, you're up against, uh, you know, the pool deck. There's kids walking by. They're constantly looking in the windows. Well, it's not only the pool deck, right? It's But it's that oh, whole viewing area all yeah. around the front. And you can walk at most of the Palos. You can walk all the way around these big Palo windows. And, yeah, there's always – and you can't necessarily see in. Um, so kids are just, you know, they think they're mirrors. So they're up against them. They're making funny faces. You're trying to have your nice dinner and you get this kid dancing around in front of you, um, which, you know, can be cute. It's something to talk about, but this did not have that. This had just beautiful views of, of the ocean and, uh, no children dancing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the, the elegance that you expect with Paolo is there. Uh, and we did opt for the brunch. Um, you want to talk about the menu? Sure. So to start with, it's $45 is the upcharge for uh, Apollo, and they like to point out to you uh, when they bring you your bill that that does not include a gratuity, which is uh, interesting because years ago it was $10 to dine at Apollo, and that was considered the um, the gratuity. That was considered the additional gratuity. That's why you were being charged, um, even though you know everything was supposed to be included in your fare. It was a little bit extra for those uh, for those servers, but now it's forty five dollars. This has been many many years. The price has gone up, you know, incrementally over years. It right. wasn't it wasn't a quick thing that happened, um, but it does not include your gratuity, and they make sure you know that. Right, and it's forty five dollars for both the brunch 
Or the dinner. Or the prefix dinner. Right. But they also now offer an a la carte dinner, uh, which can get very pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you opt from the prefix menu, the, there's only a very limited there's number like of two, items you yeah, can eat. There's like two appetizers, two entrees, and two desserts. Like They're the main things, though. I think they're the most popular things that people would order. If mm-hmm. I were going to do the dinner, the things that I would want to order are on the prefix menu. So that would not be an issue for me. Um, but we prefer to do the brunch, uh, especially on a shorter cruise. We don't want to miss one of our rotational dining nights. Um, and Tony is uh, reluctant to give up pirate night. I'm not sure why. Um, but and maybe if we travel and the kids are all over 18 and we can do Palo on a pirate night. Well, it's a good thing we didn't do that this cruise because pirate night was actually changed from day three to day two. Yes, they move things around. Which, and uh, some people were not happy because people do plan their Palo dinners for Pirate Night quite right. often. Yeah. So let's talk about what we had. So they give you a choice, um, an antipast um, choice. So you can either have uh, a meat selection, meats and cheeses, or you can do a um, seafood selection with like crab claws and shrimp, mussels. Um, I had just a couple of the things from the fish selection. I only like the crab claws and the shrimp. So they just brought me a tiny little plate with just a couple of little things on there, which was perfect. And then we got the full um, antipast selection with prosciutto and um, roasted garlic and olives and Parmesan that they bring and put this uh, amazing balsamic vinaigrette over the top of. Uh, There were three of us. Isabel dined with us because she is over 18. Lily hung out with her grandparents. Um, So that was shared across the table, except for the, um, the seafood stuff. That was me. Uh, then we chose, let's see, did you get the um, the poached eggs? I did not, but we did no, share. No, we didn't ever get that. We usually do get the poached eggs, but this time we did not. We did share a frittata. It was not good. I I enjoyed it. You hardly ate any of it. I had about a, a quarter of it. Oh. I enjoyed it. Okay, I didn't like um, it. It was bland in my opinion. When I go, it's all about the stomach space. It's not about the calories. It's about the stomach space. And uh, that was not doing it for me. All right. Well, luckily, I had lots of stomach space because I had the heirloom tomato and basil soup, which is a uh, staple for me. You always get that. And that was uh, good as always. All right. We ordered the strawberry waffles. Isabel got that. Um, I didn't actually try it. She just ate the ears. There's a lot of waste that goes into the brunches. You can't eat everything, and there's so many things to try, and there's so many things on the menu. Right. Now, so, those those are Mickey waffles, but they're yeah, they gigantic. Are. They're huge, they're yeah. They're about the size of a real person's head. Yeah, they're big. So we had that. Um, I had the blueberry pancakes. Blueberry pancakes are delicious. I love them. However, they did not serve them with real maple syrup, and that is a deal breaker for me. So a couple bites in, I was done with those. Um, let's see. We did not get the flatbreads or the calzone. We did order the Parmesan crusted chicken breast. Always. You have to have it. It's delicious. We ate all of that. We also ordered the lasagna, which is fantastic there. And something new on the menu here that they don't have at the other Palo brunches is the wild mushroom ravioli. Um, it has, it's in a lemon nut brown butter sauce with uh, toasted pine nuts. And it was fabulous. Uh, we definitely get that again. And then when we came into dessert, I was surprised that they did not have the um, souffle. So they have the chocolate souffle at night at um, Palo always, but they have a, an amaretto, I believe, souffle, or maybe it's vanilla. I think it's amaretto, and then they pour the vanilla sauce inside. And that was not offered uh, on this menu. So that was a little bit of a bummer. 
but we got the panna cotta, which was fabulous. Uh, the chocolate raspberry tart uh, was good. And then the warm amaretto uh, chocolate fondant, which was fantastic. And our server did bring a sticky bun for the table. He did, and it was yummy. And it was very good. So all in all, I think Palo Steakhouse, I enjoyed the atmosphere. I enjoyed the food. Yes. Two thumbs up from me. Yeah, and if we could have the server that we had, I would go back there every night and eat dinner and every day and eat brunch because he was just absolutely fantastic. Agreed. All right. All right, let's head over to our last meal, which took place in 1923. Yeah, so I had heard ahead of time from some people on uh, some Facebook groups that at 1923, sometimes people dress up in period clothing. So I forced my family uh, to wear flapper dresses and little newsboy caps. Tony had on a vest and a bow tie. It was adorable. Uh, It was a lot of fun. We got our picture taken. Um, My dad wasn't feeling great that night, so he uh, was a good sport, put on the outfit, took the pictures, uh, and then then didn't hang out for dinner. Um, Dinner, I felt, was maybe a little bit rushed because it's our last night. So, mm-hmm. like, there's no photographer. The photographers don't really show up to take pictures during dinner on right. the last night. Um, I don't know. It felt a little hurried. It was. But let's uh, let's take a step back. Okay. 1923, of course, the year the Walt Disney Company was founded. Um, and it is based on uh, Southern California. So, the menu is very uh, California-based. Uh, and it's also a tribute to animation. So there are a lot of elements uh, that you would get in um, maybe to me, it's like a cross between art of animation and the Walt Disney experience at Hollywood studios. Uh, There's a lot of props. There's a lot of drawings. Uh, The one thing I did not like about this restaurant, once again, very tight, very tight spaces, tables close to each other. Um, There were a lot of artifacts and props in this restaurant, I wish it were open during the day so that people could walk around and take a look at them. Well, because people were trying to look at some of them, and I'm like, why are they looking at me? Why are they looking right. at me? And then I turned around, and all these all Animation this artwork was behind, behind me, us. and I was like, oh, they're not looking at me. Right. It would it would be awesome if they could open that up during the day. Yeah. Um, but the atmosphere was great. We were dressed in period clothing. Um, this restaurant is big enough that there are two separate dining rooms. There's the Roy Disney dining room and the Walt Disney dining room. We happen to be in the Roy Disney dining room, which is uh, on the starboard side of the ship. Uh, This is on deck, uh, deck three. Um, It's right off the lobby. Right off the lobby. Uh, So it's kind of a midship slash aft uh, restaurant. Um, The restaurants seem like, you know, they're they're all kind of stacked on top of each other on this ship. I don't know if that helps with the kitchen or getting supplies up to the kitchen, but it's a, it's a nice design. Um, and uh, I thought it worked very well. It's just the spacing in the restaurants. Yeah, well, all the restaurants, none of them had any extra space to spare. And it's it's very un-Disney-like that, for, as far as the cruise, cruises go. There's always plenty of room in the dining right. rooms. I've never felt like you were really like pushed up against other tables or um, I just – I feel like we also have cruised – the last two cruises we've taken on a Disney cruise line were during COVID. So uh, maybe I'm forgetting that they used to be tighter because we had room to, like, dance in the, in, in the dining rooms yeah, recently. Uh, yeah. That being said, I, I still think that it, it's tighter than normal. Yeah. You know, you, you could not – an average adult person has trouble squeezing between two tables. And yeah. that, that should not be the case. Um, we actually had – uh, what we thought was a pretty large gap between our table. It was like, oh, the spacing here is pretty good. And the only reason that was was because they had taken two tables for four and pushed them together. So the gap was, a, a, was about yeah. 50% larger than it would have been normally. 
And then that gap was like all of a sudden small if it were like normal size. Right. Yeah. There was a table of, there were eight people to one side of us. They had pushed those tables together. So we gained a little extra walking space between the tables. Right. Um, Which, yeah, I hadn't realized that at first. All right. So So this menu, this menu was my favorite of all the menus. I agree. Um, They had um, a delicious appetizer, a four cheese tricolor tortelloni, which was very reminiscent of one of my favorites uh, from Animator's Palette. They have the black truffle pasta persets. It was it was similar, especially the sauce that they put on it. Um, so really, really enjoyed that. I think that, that that's a, like a, a favorite of most people mm-hmm. um, on all the ships. So I'm glad that they brought something similar to that um, onto this ship. And then let's see, a few of us just had salads. They had a baby romaine uh, lettuce salad with Caesar dressing. Um, they had a tomato soup that both myself and my mom got. Did you get the corn chowder? I had the corn chowder, which was very good. Okay. Uh, the tomato soup was also very good. Um, that day, the bread was a fig and olive bread. Was That was really good. Uh, let's see. What did we have for dinner? Um, I had the 1923 peppered filet mignon. So did I, and it was cooked perfectly. Um, this time it was not overdone. I was very, very happy with that mm-hmm. meal. My mom got the rack of lamb. She really enjoyed that. Um, and the kids just got chicken. It was nothing very exciting. Um, so all really good. And then for dessert, a couple of us got the churros. They were not good. They were like cold. I mean, you can't serve a cold churro. They, they weren't, they weren't good. Um, what did you get? A Mickey bar? I think I got a Mickey bar that night. I went against the grain and ended up with the Hollywood Hills hot chocolate fudge sundae. Okay. Which was very good, uh, and I would have liked to have had a Mickey bar for my last dessert on the ship, but I did not. So. I had it for you. You did. Yeah. Uh, so that covers all of the rotational dining and adult specialty dining, but that's not all. No, honestly, the highlight, I feel like, for food on this cruise ship is their uh, quick service stuff. Uh, their area is called Mickey and Friends Festival of Foods, and they have five different um, stations. stations. Uh, for different foods. They have Mickey's Smokehouse Barbecue, Daisy's Pizza Pies, Goofy's Grill, uh, Donald's Cantina, and Sweet Minnie's Ice Cream. So we can start with the ice cream because that's super easy. It's the uh, classic Disney Cruise Line. Soft serve. Soft serve. However, it is not serve yourself. Uh, you walk up to the counter and they serve it for you. Uh, you can still serve yourself on Castaway Key, however. Yes. So that was that was it. There's no cups to put things in. If you want it in a cup, you have to bring your own cup over. There's no toppings. It's cones and soft serve ice cream. That's that's right. And if you want to make a little uh, soda float, an ice cream float, mm-hmm. get a cup, put some ice cream in it, add some Coke. Boom. There you go. Wow. So creative. I am. Follow um, me for more recipes. I had the pizza from Daisy's Pizza Pies. Did you? Uh, I had a slice or two. It's, you know, it's the same pizza yes. that you get on all of the ships. Exactly. I really, I always really like it. It was exactly the same. No changes there. Uh, Goofy's Grill. That's what? Hamburgers, hamburgers hot, dogs, hot dogs, chicken, chicken fingers, yep. French, fries, French fries, standard stuff. Hasn't changed. All very good. Fine. Um, and then Donald's Cantina. Now, I didn't have anything from here, but you did. I had a burrito and a burrito bowl. It's very similar to like a Chipotle. Yes. It was amazing. That's awesome. And who else had somebody else had a burrito? I think Isabel might have. And it was it was a, a phenomenal. I would uh, I would definitely make room for another six burritos if I could. 
So I did not leave room for burritos because I was very busy over at Mickey's Smokestack Barbecue. Which was phenomenal. I went back. I think I ate three meals there. Mm-hmm. Every time I had a chance to like to eat food that you know wasn't at one of our dining rooms, right. that's what I had. Um, I didn't even eat on Castaway Key. I came back on to have the barbecue on the ship because I'm not a big fan of the barbecue on Castaway Key. The ribs aren't very good. And I don't know what they're doing on the ship that makes such amazing barbecue, but I don't know why they don't do it on the islands. Yeah, the the barbecue and the cantina have been getting rave reviews so good. from guests. Uh, and the nice thing was, even though this is up on the pool deck and, you know, there's a ton of people up there, I never saw the line more than five or six people deep. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. Um, and, and that's not true. At the cantina once I saw it, maybe seven or eight people deep. Okay. But, but there was only one person working, and the minute somebody came out to help him mm-hmm. – they got the line back down. So yeah. uh, even though a lot of that cantina stuff is made to order, it's very fast. Um, it's very efficient. And the food is delicious. I, I think they've definitely stepped it up a notch. Yes. Uh, as far as quick service goes. Yep. So uh, if you get an opportunity, uh, you know. I'm still dr- – I'll dream about the brisket. I went to go get brisket and the, um, the woman serving was like, oh, she like kind of looked over at the other one because she only had these like burnt ends basically uh, left. And she's looking over and she's like, I only have the burnt pieces. I was like, well, that's the best part. And she gave them to me. Oh, my gosh. They were so good. The next time I went back, I was like looking for them, but she didn't have any of them. Even I enjoyed them. Yeah, so good. That was very good. And then the only other um, dining that we would uh, possibly want to talk about here is the Inside Out Joyful Sweets. Which is a um, an ice cream and sweet shop. They have uh, what some cupcakes and little not really cookies. They had macarons, macarons, some chocolate desserts. Mm-hmm. They some have candies. the memory balls, which are the chocolate uh, globes. No, those things are all for a fee. And the gelato, right? They're all for a fee. Uh, Tony and I did get gelato uh, one afternoon. I think it was like five dollars for a, a pretty good amount of gelato on a waffle cone. Um, it was very good. I don't love that I have to pay extra money for these right. kinds of things on a ship, but um, but it's really nice inside. I, it's an upgrade from the other sweet shops that they have on the other ships, um, which I don't even think they have them on the Magic and the Wonder, right? It's just the dream and the fantasy. It's much bigger. Uh, you don't feel like you're sort of jammed in there. Right. So, no, that was really nice. Uh, and then your other choice for food would be room service. The breakfast room service menu is exactly the same as it is on the other ships. Um, we got room service one morning. It was fine, nothing, yeah, no, nothing, nothing different at all, right. uh, and we didn't use it at all for uh, other meals because if you can run up to the um, to the pool deck and get barbecue, why would you order room service? Exactly. Now, there is one more dining section to talk about. Ah, what's that? And that is, if you've been on the other ships, you're familiar with Cabanas. Oh, uh, right. Cabanas has gone away and has been replaced by Marceline Mercantile. Right. Uh, which is a collection of food stations slash buffet stations. It's the stations. same exact thing as Cabanas. The layout's just a little different. Um, it's being served by Disney cast members now. Right. So you do you're, not serve you're not yourself. self-serving anymore. Uh, big restaurant, once again, off the pool deck. Uh, and and I, I say pool deck, but the pool deck is now like three three levels deep. On the, the main wish. the main pool deck. Um, yeah. And um, you know it, it's a nice restaurant. You've got a wide variety of food, but the seating is awkward. It, it, it seems like there's not enough seating. The seating is hidden. Yeah. And, and it's it's a labyrinth to try to find open seats. There wasn't points. a lot of outside seating either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was we went in August, so it was too hot to sit outside. So it really worked out fine that there wasn't a lot of outdoor seating. But on a you know cooler weather cruise, 
it would be nice to have a little more space to sit outside. Um, I was not, it's beautiful inside. Beautiful. I love the decoration. Yes. I love the theming in there, but I did not like their buffet. Mm-hmm. I, we went upon, um, upon embarking and couldn't find a table. I mean, right. they're just, we were six. We sat in the lounge, which they now have a lounge up there to serve drinks and coffee, nice. which is nice. But they have these tiny little, they have little like couches and tiny little like, ta- you know, little tables, you know, like a cafe. We sat there with our full plates balanced on our laps. It was terrible. And it was not a good way to start a cruise, um, to get on and just, just feel like there's no space for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're supposed to feel special. You're supposed to feel like this is such a great you know, experience and you're balancing a plate on your knees. Not, not a good start, but beautiful. Um, we did at every other occasion manage to find a place to sit. Although I really tried to avoid it. We didn't go there at lunch at all. Right. Again, why would you, when there's, you know, great food to be had on the pool deck? Um, we hit breakfast a couple times. The food was pretty standard cabanas type food. I don't know what they were doing with their eggs though. They were like tapioca pudding. They were so squishy. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, the food was fine. Um, but yeah, seating, a major issue there. Yeah. Agreed. And, uh, you know, normally, uh, in the other cabanas, uh, they'll leave like half of it open. So you might find people when they're not serving food, you might find people sitting in there playing cards. Right. Uh, or after they close at nine, 10 o'clock in the evening, you might find people sitting there and enjoying a beverage or just talking because it's indoors. It's cool. Oh, yes. Um, but they, they locked both sides of, of the of the restaurant. Right. You were with my parents when you went and got like lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Out at the pool deck. And it was hot. Like you go to sit out there, you know, you get your barbecue and there's seating, but man, it was August. It was 90 degrees. Yeah. And yeah, it's shaded, but it's also, there's no breeze because it's all enclosed. Right. Uh, so like you guys went over and, you know, it's right by Marceline's. Uh, so, oh, let's go inside. We'll sit down and eat at Marceline's. No, you can't. Everything's locked up. Yeah. Which, there's no reason for that. There's you not. may as well give people a place to to sit. Um, and then my one other comment about the dining, um, aside from the rotational dining, is that the hours were kind of cruddy. The barbecue closed at 6. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't open Marceline's for dinner. So they used to open Cabana's for dinner time. I think that hasn't started again since uh, COVID. But... It, this was a full cruise. This this was a full ship. Any kind of things that they had been doing, they, they had cut because of, um, you know, having less people on board and not needing all the services should have been brought back. Right. And you didn't have an option for something different for dinner. Um, you didn't have a lot of options if you were hungry a little later in the evening. There just, there weren't, you know, there weren't choices. You could you could get room service, but that was about it. Yeah, you're, you're late. I, I want to say late evening, but, uh, you know, nine o'clock. Uh, I think your options were Daisy's. Uh, they like made ahead the pizza, p- the pizza, and maybe and Goofy's the grill. grill. Yeah, were open. Yeah, um, but yeah, they closed the taco place, uh, the cantina, way too early. Yeah, there's nothing better I would have enjoyed more than a midnight burrito. And you know that's part of cruising is having that food available all the time. Um, and there's not. And the other thing was uh, they took away. Uh, any kind of little snacks. So there's no like late night. It used to be um, down at the adult areas. They have that tiny little buffet. Mm -hmm. They would bring out late night. They didn't have that. They took away the pirate night um, buffet. buffet. None of that. They didn't have that anymore. Um, The little treats that they have up in the Cove Cafe when you go get your coffee, gone. So, you know, there's really not those little treats kind of in between meals or late night or, you know, early morning. They don't have them. 
Uh, so I thought that was definitely a miss. But you know what? I only gained 2.4 pounds, so maybe it worked <laughs> to my favor. Yeah, I mean, when you bring it down that way, yes, it was. it's not needed, but it's a big part of a cruising right. experience. Like, who am I to say that, you know, somebody doesn't want all those things? I love those little eclairs in the right, cove, and exactly. they weren't there. Right, And uh, they were missed. They were. So, yeah. Good. So that is our dining review. Okay. And uh, on tomorrow's episode, I think we're going to cover uh, entertainment, which includes lounges, pools, and adult areas. Um, so that uh, that could be exciting. It could be. It could <laughs> or it be. could be super boring. You'll have to tune in to see. That's right. So until tomorrow, I'm Tony. And I'm Cheryl. And you've been listening to the special Disney Wish edition of the Disney Drive Time Podcast. <laughs>